Zero Vault. Rob Halford from Judas Priest is on the line. Doing fine, Larry. What a fabulous segue. Joan Jett. It's nice to be here. Opens now. And welcome inside the Keto Vault for a spooky Halloween edition. Going to have quality time with Steve Shippey, host of Shock Docs, which streams on Discovery+. Plus. Uh, so he's going to join us here off there. We'll kind of talk uh, a bunch of different subjects. I want to find out if he's got any tips for people who want to see a ghost. What, how do you increase your odds? And then we'll segue uh, off air onto a live quality time to talk up his new special Ghosts of Flight 401 that uh, just posted two days ago on Discovery Plus, talking about a, a flight that crashed in the Everglades, and now that chunk is haunted. I mean, that's always spooky anyway. You know, swamps are probably one of the spookiest locations you could even imagine. Swamp or maybe like a cemetery. But uh, he goes there and goes the extra mile. So we'll talk about that and everything else. I think he's calling in now. Hey, morning, Kilo. Yeah, how you doing, Steve? Should be calling in. Steve, what's up, man? How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Cool. Welcome to it, man. How are you? Where you at? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm excited uh, Excited to talk about uh, Ghost of Play 401, and I think it's the perfect day. So, yeah, right now, uh, obviously, the, the big question that has to be answered is, what does someone like you, a paranormal investigator, do on Halloween? Well, you know, as much as I would love to be out in the field investigating and, and going crazy doing that, it's typically a day of... Uh, of um, different, you know, interviews and, and talking to, to press and stuff. And it seems like there's, you know, obviously quite a, an uptick of interest uh, in the paranormal on this day. So that's uh, kind of usually what the day is like. <laughs> that's funny. Careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, cool. Before we uh, go live here in a few minutes, too, one, one question. I've talked to you several yeah. times, but I've never heard the story about what there's, there's a severe haunting in your childhood that kind of led you to, to take this path and become a professional paranormal investigator and documentarian. And what, what was that event? I never heard the whole story. Well, you know, it, it was definitely a very haunted location. Um, you know, growing up there, uh, there was a lot of uh, disembodied voices, sounds, uh, things would come up missing, things would move on their own, doors would slam, that just, type of thing. Just like yeah. at, at your childhood home? Yes. Yep. Where was this at? Uh, this is here in Michigan. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a lot of a uh, lot of things that happened there. And, uh, you know, as a result of that, that's pretty much what, what led me to, um, you know, realize that these things happen, that, that they do exist. And uh, for me, that was the the eye opener. That's cool. Now, have you ever gone back to your childhood home? Uh, no, I, I haven't. Uh, but that's actually something that I've kind of been working on for a while. I'm, I'm considering you know, potentially doing something on that location, but I need to uh, kind of get it all figured out, you know, through legal and yeah. different things. It's very touchy. Oh, that would be situation. cool. Back, Steve Shippey, back to the place that, that made him what he is today. Cool. Right. Is there other, besides that one, do you have other, like, um, destinations that you would love to, to do something with? That you haven't yet? You no, know, there's definitely, yeah, definitely a few different places. Uh, you know, I, one place I'd like to thoroughly investigate, I was able to tour it um, at one point while being on tour uh, for music, is uh, the Shanghai Tunnels underneath Portland, uh, Oregon. Uh, very, very crazy story. Uh, it was very active. You know, you could feel it. You could sense it. And uh, I would love to go down there and, uh, and do a full-on investigation. What, what were those tunnels originally designed for? 
Uh, well, you know, they call them the Shanghai tunnels, essentially, because what they would do is, um, you know, these tunnels were underneath, you know, the streets of Portland, uh, where all the, the bars were, et cetera. And what they would do is uh, they would literally kind of yank a trap door in certain parts of a bar, um, and, you know, underneath a table or a certain area, and people would fall through into these cells that they had uh, set up, and essentially... Yeah, and basically what they would do with those people is they would uh, take them through the tunnels out into the port and basically force them into um, slave labor to work the ships. Wow, it's like Job of the Hut style. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it really is. You know, and, and that infrastructure is still down there. Some of the wow. cells are still there. It's like wow. There's a whole similar underground uh, in, under Seattle from where when the when the place burned down, they just built on the old relics. So there's all these underground catacombs in Seattle that are creepy too. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I could imagine. I never heard of the Portland story. That's cool. Yeah. If you look it up, it's called the Shanghai Tunnels. I'm on it. That'll be part of my my homework tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. We're we're live here in just a couple minutes. Before we hit live, I wanted to ask you this one, too, for all the folks out there that that want to experience something and and want to be a more part of the paranormal. Can any advice, like some tips, like what, what things can you do to increase your chances of experiencing something or, or is there, is there any, any tips you can give when it comes to ghost hunting? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I I guess there's kind of, there's the technical advice, you know, what kind of gear you could use that type of thing. And then there's kind of the personal advice and that would be, um, you got to go into it with an open mind. Uh, you want to be, uh, you know, respectful when trying to communicate, um, you know, not be uh, arrogant or, or silly or anything in that sense and really try to, make communication with what's there, asking who's present, why would they like to communicate. Uh, we kind of call that a call and response technique. And uh, also, you got to be careful, you know, for those that uh, are out just kind of thrill-seeking, taking it kind of half-cocked seriously, not sure if it's real or not. It is, and uh, you never know who you're talking to. And that's one thing I always stress is uh, you may think, you know, when using a spirit board, people always say, oh, we talked to a ghost of a young girl named uh, Sarah or this or that or so-and-so, but you don't know that's who you're talking to. Um, and you got to be very cautious of uh, what you're opening up. Right. I mean, that's like, it's like that's the baseline for many uh, horror movies, right? It really is. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like letting a stranger into your house, you know? Yeah. You, just, uh, you don't know what the intentions are. And for those who get disappointed because they don't have – you know, you put themselves in some scenarios and they don't have an experience. What's your actual success ratio? Because obviously you are showing the successful parts of your hunts. You don't show hours of you sitting there doing nothing. That's very true. Yes. I mean, you know, we, number one, we do a ton of vetting, you know, before we go into a location. So we are absolutely sure that it is active and things are happening. But even that being so, these things are kind of unpredictable. Um, These situations, there are times where, uh, you may go an entire night or two with very minimal to nothing. Um, and it's interesting how that happens. You know, sometimes it could be because they're avoiding communication. And sometimes it's almost as if they're transient energies that are there and then not there at different times. And you just have to keep, uh, you have to keep diligent and keep at it. So like of every, uh, how many hours do you think are wasted just sitting, doing nothing? Like on a, let's say a 12 hour, 12 hour hunt. What's. Break it down that um, way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Depending on the location, because it, it does vary. But I, I would say that it's it's commonplace for at least around, uh, you, you know, even at some of the most haunted locations, uh, around a third of the time uh, can be 
unsuccessful um, in that sense, but you can also utilize that time to learn more about the layout of the property and, and kind of acclimate your gear and, and things of that nature. Uh-huh. Cool, man. That's amazing. It's fascinating. Perfect timing too. All right. We're live in about a minute here. Um, also uh, for everyone listening on the, on the vault podcast, how many episodes of shock talk do you have now? I mean, the ghosts of flight four one, we're going to talk about today, but how many is this now? Sure. Well, there was Ed Gein, the real psycho, uh, scream, the true story, yeah. uh, the ghost of flight four Oh one. So that's three. And I'm very excited about, uh, uh, another one coming out in the near and the semi near future. Yeah. It's so pretty regular. Three, three is now. Yep. Awesome. All right, Steve, hold tight, man. We're live in 30 seconds. Okay. Sounds great. 94.3 Kilo rocks doing it here on Halloween as we get creepy. I've been having a conversation with Steve Shippy. He joins us again. The new Shock Doc episode on Discovery Plus started streaming on Friday. The Ghosts of Flight 401. We talked about uh, how he spends Halloween and how you can increase your chances of seeing something weird when it comes to ghost hunting. You can have our full discussion on the Vault podcast. We'll post that later on today. In the meantime, Steve, let's uh, keep the conversation going. Tell us now more about this new one, the Ghosts of Flight 401. I was mentioning earlier, of all the ghost places to get left behind to haunt, that would not be cool to be stuck in a swamp the rest of eternity. Yes, that was a very unfortunate place, uh, needless to say, where this happened. But, uh, yeah, it was known as the flight that changed everything. Uh, December 29th, 1972, Eastern Airlines Flight 401 was traveling from JFK International, headed to Miami. It was a routine flight. Everything had been going just fine. A brand-new jet, the L-1011, kind of a luxury airliner, if you will. And as they were coming in for a landing, uh, they felt the landing gear had properly deployed and that everything was okay, but the indicator light in the cockpit did not uh, specify that it did. Uh, And without that accuracy, they couldn't land the plane. Radio traffic control told them, okay, we'll just go out, do a holding pattern over the Everglades, um, stay at 2,000 feet altitude, autopilot. Once you guys get it figured out, just come back in, land, and uh, the flight will conclude. So they're out there trying to figure it out. It's dark. You know, it's nighttime, pitch black over the Everglades, no skyline, no city lights, so nothing to indicate a horizon. Uh, While they're working on it, the pilot accidentally bumped the steering column or or the yoke, as they call it, and that uh, dislodged the autopilot. So very gradually, they were just losing altitude. They couldn't feel it. Nobody noticed it. And uh, sadly, about 10 seconds before impact, they had saw where their altitude was, and they thought, well, this can't be. This has to be a malfunction, and then they crashed. Wow. And 100 souls aboard. Yeah, 100, 101 uh, individuals lost their lives, uh, 67 survivors. So there were survivors. Wow. That would, oh, yeah. man. Talk about. Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I do believe it was largely due to the captain, Bob Lofty. I think him pulling up at that last second to try to pull up, I, I think that probably is why as many survived, you know, survived as they did. So when was the first paranormal experience in, in the area then after they crashed and the 101 lost their lives? Sure. So it was only a few weeks afterwards that people out in the Everglades, you know, there's a lot of fishermen out there at night, alligator hunters, et cetera. They would hear people calling for help, uh, crying for help. They would see individuals kind of waiting through the water. And at first it wasn't really thought to be something paranormal. It was strange. They thought that there were 
Uh, maybe somebody was out there and their airboat had capsized or broken down, so they'd rush out there to try to help somebody, but there was nobody there. And little by little, this kept increasing and increasing, and people started talking to each other about it and realizing this was happening to a lot of people, and then they kind of went to the media. And, you know, and that's been happening to this very day, and you're talking, it's going on 50 years. We're almost at the 50th anniversary of this crash, and as an investigator of the paranormal, to me, sure, that makes sense. I mean, 101 people perished right there in that spot very suddenly, definitely grounds for activity. But where it gets even more mysterious is that there were sightings of full-body apparitions, ghosts, on other Eastern Airline uh, planes while in mid-flight of the deceased crew members of Flight 401. Really? Yes. Yeah. And when you hear that, you're thinking, okay, well, wait a minute. That's uh, why would that be exactly? Yeah. Are they trying to communicate with, uh, you know, with the crew members on these other planes that knew them? Uh, what would the catalyst be? The, then as we do the research and talk to former employees of the airline, we find out, and, and we're able to prove this, that Eastern Airlines made the decision to take parts from the, from the downed 401 disaster that were still in working condition, repurpose them, and put them on other planes. Wow. And yep. these were the planes that were having the paranormal activity. And that's a fairly common thing. Uh, you know, James Dean, who died in a Porsche accident, parts of his Porsche made it into other cars. And those cars then would have similar fates where people would crash and die. And then they take those parts and they put them in other parts. It's That's kind of weird, man. It is. It, it really is. I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not an aviation expert, uh, but I mean, it, it just seems, I don't know, it seems a little well, tasteless to do it. So I, it I, sounds I just, like corporate America. Yeah, it's 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 right? an odd decision. I, it's shocking to me to hear that, and it's really amazing that you know they did this, and only those planes where th- these parts, uh, you know, were repurposed had this activity. Mm. And it wow. wasn't just one or two people seeing it. I mean, in mid-flight, I'll give you one instance. There was there was a woman that was on a plane. Uh, nobody was seated next to her on this particular flight. She's kind of looking out the window. She looks over. Uh, she kind of saw some movement out of yeah, through peripheral vision there. She looks over, and there's a man that just suddenly has appeared. Uh, he's semi-translucent. He's wearing a pilot's uniform. She starts screaming hysterically. Everybody around her is seeing this. The stewardesses are coming up trying to figure out what's happening, and then they start gasping because not only do they see this individual, but they recognize this individual as one of the crew members of Flight 401. Wow. And do you actually have boots on the ground in the swamp, you and uh, Cindy? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We traveled about 90 minutes uh, deep into the Everglades uh, to investigate out there on more than one occasion and spent many, many hours on the levee um, and throughout the Everglades investigating. Is that one of the most difficult uh, locations you've ever had to do the show in? Without any doubt. I bet. Um, I bet. Swamps are crazy. Yeah, it really was. I mean, there was, uh, you know, it's just... It's already intense, I guess, as it is that you're in a location like that and you're investigating and trying to contact uh, spirits. But on top of that, at any moment, you don't know uh, what's what's at your feet. You have to keep your your head on a swivel. You know, <laughs> right. Pythons, alligators, venomous species. Yeah. yeah what? Well, yeah. What's scarier than ghosts? Snakes. That's what. That's what. Well, let, let, let's talk about mosquitoes. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. The blood suckers. That alone. Kill a guy. Never, never seen anything like it in my life. Look I mean, you, Steve. It, it was absolutely unbearable. Steve Shippey goes the extra mile for you. It's uh, Shock Doc Ghosts of Flight 401 streaming now on Discovery Plus, as well as several other episodes of uh, Shock Doc. 
another minute with you. Real quick, I wanted to ask you this one too. Since it's Halloween and all, what's the most terrifying moment you've been involved in? What's when are you most terrified in doing what you do? Most terrified. Well, I mean, I guess that's uh, a lot of different ways I could look at that. I mean, there's there's been cases that were, uh, you know, really dark that we had done where you kind of wonder, what have you gotten into uh, when you're seeing how it's affecting people or crew members or, or, or even the family? Um, you know, I guess one case in particular that comes to mind is when we investigated the Ed Gein property um, in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Of course, Ed Gein, the infamous uh, serial killer uh very twisted individual. And on his property, we had a lot of really disturbing uh, voices coming through and confirmation of, of his energy. And, you know, just kind of really made you wonder uh, what could potentially happen and thinking of what did happen on that land. Right. Cool. Well, happy Halloween, Steve. Congratulations. on Another great episode of uh, shock talk ghosts of flight 401. If you're not too scared and we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Okay. Thank you for having me. That was pretty cool. Huh? I didn't know about the the parts being used from the wrecked plane on other planes, but that's a deal. Check out that James Dean story about his Porsche. They, they allege all those parts are cursed as well. And then we'll all have to look into more on the Singapore tunnel in Portland. Just opened up just gates and dropped you into slavery, basically. Wow. Cool stuff there. Uh, thanks for being a part of the Kilo Vault. If you dig what we do, as always, subscribe, hit the like button, give us a nice rating, tell friends. All that stuff, all that pod stuff. And until next time, that's the Kilo Vault.